The LA Kings get their first home win in round one against the Coyotes. Kevin Fiala gets his first goal, and Phoenix Copley makes one of those saves. That and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Well, the LA Kings finally got their first home win of the season with a 6-3 victory over the Arizona Coyotes in a game that was actually a lot closer than that final score would indicate. A quick recap, if you missed the game, Kings did fall behind early in the first period, but responded in a big way with three first-period goals. Andre Kobitar scores on the power play, his third of the season. Trevor Moore gets his first of the year, and also it was Trevor, actually Trevor Lewis scored his first of the year, the second goal, and then Trevor Moore, his team-leading fifth of the season, was the third goal. Uh, So LA had a 3-1 lead after one. Now, Arizona did make a push in the second period. Nick Bukestad would score to make it 3-2. LA's Blake Lazat responded with his second of the season, but Coyote star Clayton Keller then scored on the power play, and it was a one-goal game going into the third period, LA leading 4-3. In that third period, Kevin Fiala would get his first of the season to make it 5-3. Then Arizona would respond, or so we thought. A Coyote's goal to make it 5-4 ended up being wiped off on an LA challenge for an offsides. Good job by the, the coaching staff, and I believe it's uh, Samson Lee, I believe is the video coordinator for the uh, Kings. He saw that related to the coaches. They did the challenge and wiped that big goal off the board for Arizona. So nice job there. Uh, Adrian Kempe would ice it with an empty net goal. His second of the season, both empty net goals. And LA would skate off with the 6-3 victory. As for some numbers for the game, the Kings outshot the Coyotes 28-27. LA won 53% of the faceoffs. Both teams were one for four on the power play. LA out hit Arizona 20-15 with the Coyotes blocking more shots, 13-10. to 10. Kings improved to 3-2-1 and one on the season for 10 points. LA currently sitting in third place in the Pacific Division, one point back of Vancouver for second, two points up on Calgary and Seattle for that third spot. So what did we like and not like about this game? Well, let's start from a team standpoint before we get into some individuals. And I talked about one of the strengths of the Kings so far this season has been balanced scoring all four lines contributed in the win over Arizona and that fourth line in particular needs to be singled out Trevor Lewis Blake Lazat each getting goals Uh, so far through six games the Kings have gotten six goals and 11 points out of their fourth line which obviously includes Carl Grundstrom who has three goals so huge contributions early on for the Kings fourth line if they can get that all year long and in particular if they can carry that over in the playoffs roll four lines out there consistently, uh, that's going to be a huge factor in the Kings having the ultimate success that we would like them to have. Uh, All four lines had a player contribute at least one goal in the win over the Coyotes. 
Um, and the Kings have scored five or more goals in a game now for uh, four times in their six games this season. Uh, the Kings are currently tied with Colorado for second in the NHL in goals per game, 4.5, only trailing surprising Detroit uh, at this point. And uh, I saw a friend of the show, Russell Morgan, uh, said on Twitter, and I got a chuckle out of it, uh, he said it's not a 3-2 league anymore, and he was referring to a quote you might remember from Kings head coach Daryl Sutter back when the Kings were winning their Stanley Cups when he said it was a 3-2 league. Uh, and Russell's right. Uh, three goals in a game. Uh, in today's NHL, not uh, any kind of a guarantee that that's going to get you a win anymore. Uh, I did see there were all 32 teams were in action on this uh, frozen frenzy they had in the NHL last night. Uh, 13 of the 32 teams scored four or more goals, and four of those teams actually ended up losing the game. So uh, the Kings are one of the better offensive teams right now. And again, in today's NHL, that's definitely an asset. Um, I think the addition of P.L. Dubois has really helped the Kings offensively. Uh, it is hard to argue, again, that in today's NHL that the Kings didn't go out and make a move that they needed to make, at least at this point. Time will tell as far as how the defense is, how the goaltending is in the playoffs. But like I said, in today's NHL, you need a lot of offense. And right now the Kings are getting a lot of offense and from a lot of different places, which I think is a very good thing. Uh, I thought overall, and we're going to get more specifically into a few players coming up, but I thought the Kings had a better shot mentality as a team. Uh, there have been games where they have gotten more shots on goal total than they did as far as the 28 shots on goal against Arizona on Tuesday. But I think to me, it just seemed like there was a better process uh, of the players looking to get their shot I think the Kings are a better team when they have that shot mentality. I think everyone needs to be looking for their shot. And it's not just about how many shots can you get on net or just throwing it on net any, any opportunity you have. It's about looking for and finding a good shot on net. And that may be just translating into a rebound. That may be, may be translating into trying to score a goal. Um, but overall, a more aggressive mindset when it comes to looking for your shot rather than to pass first. I think overall... It just helps the offense to be in a better mindset to, to score goals, which you got to do in the NHL these days. I thought I saw more of it. Now, maybe it was something I was looking for, so I saw it, but I don't know. I thought I saw a better shot mentality by the Kings overall as a team, and I think that was one of the reasons why they had a good offensive showing. I think at times, discipline for the Kings is still a little bit of an issue as the season goes, goes along. I do think the Kings power play is going to eventually be a big asset for them as it was last year, but twice in the game against Arizona, the Kings took themselves off the power play by taking bad penalties. You can't take away power play opportunities uh, in, in, you know, good games or, or tough games against better competition and uh, not have that come back to hurt you uh, overall on the power play. I thought it was good to see the Kings uh, get a power play goal from that number one unit. We talked about it on Kopitar getting that goal. So the number one power play unit, uh, again, they've, they've looked good. They've moved the puck well, but it's about getting their final results and getting the goals, and they were able to, able to get one last night. Um, like I said, I'm still confident that the power play eventually is going to come around and be uh, an asset for the Kings, but it also needs to be not just a top 10 power play, but I, I think when you look at the special power plays around the league, yes, it's scoring when you get your opportunities, but also when you get those opportunities in key moments, that you capitalize on them as well. For example, you're down a goal in the third period and the other team makes a mistake and takes a penalty. It opens a door for you to tie up that game 
you got to take advantage of those opportunities if you're going to be an elite team. Also, if you're up a goal late in the third period and you get a power play, getting that next goal to put the dagger in on an opponent and end any chance of them coming back, another example of the power play doesn't need to just be good, but also opportunistic. In key moments, it needs to be good as well, not just when you're you know, up three goals or something like that. So the Kings still are a work in progress, but I do think the power play eventually is going to get there. Um, as far as the penalty kill, still looked pretty good. I thought Arizona's power play looked great. Uh, I did not expect their power play to look that good. They moved the puck around, and we'll talk specifically about one of their goals that they scored when we look at Phoenix Copley's performance. But that Arizona power play is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And if they have uh, success, and maybe I, I think Arizona is one of those teams, if things bounce the right way, maybe they're competing for a wild card spot. Maybe. Um, that would be a great leap forward for them. But I think Coyotes are a team that's really improved, and their power play is really good. That's a really good power play with some really skilled young talent on it. So I thought the Kings did a good job against a better-than-expected power play. Uh, L.A. currently ranked eighth in the NHL on the penalty kill. So special teams overall, good, could be better, but uh, still good enough to help the Kings to get a win last night. Overall, defensively as a team, not bad. I think there's still room to improve. Uh, didn't see as many defensive lapses or breakdowns in their own zone as we saw in the game against Boston. Still some, th some things to clean up and improve. Um, as for uh, the defense, we talked about having more balanced scoring. How about all six Kings defensemen picking up an assist in the game over Arizona? I thought Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, by the way, played maybe their best game of the season in that one. Uh, individually talked about how we needed to see more of a shot mentality. And I thought two players in particular needed to do that and did that were Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala. I thought both absolutely were more effective in looking for a shot. Uh, I thought both of them definitely looked better in this game. Uh, Fiala had four shots on goal. Kempe had three uh, and Kempe, of course, uh, actually both of them got a goal. Kempe gets the empty netter, but Fiala uh, gets the putback goal. And, uh, you know, again, while they, well, they all still count, but hopefully we can see Kempe get a power play goal or a five-on-five -five goal. The empty netters, I like them, but, it, you know, we, he needs to get uh, more more important goals, I guess, would be one way of putting it. As for Kevin Fiala getting his first goal of the year, I liked it because it was a dirty goal. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a skill goal. It was a desire goal. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov put a big slap shot on net trickled through the goalies pads. It was sitting there in the crease and Fiala had to win a physical battle through a defenseman to get to the puck and tap it in. And he did so nice, dirty goal from Kevin Fiala. Good to see him get that first goal of the season. All in all, a good game for the LA Kings, still not their best. I still think we're looking uh, for a game where they put all three periods together and have a, a solid dominant win. Um, but good to get that first home win. And hopefully that will be the first of many home wins for the LA Kings this season. We do need to talk about one more individual, and that was goaltender Phoenix Copley. We'll do that here on Locked on LA Kings next, your team every day. Passion, drive, and patience. We, th those things bring home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle at a level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, 
eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. The LA Kings play the Arizona Coyotes Friday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your Los Angeles Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search LA Kings. Well, Kings goalie Phoenix Copley back in net for just the second time this season. And after watching Cam Talbot start three games in a row for L.A., Copley's, uh, you know, getting back out there, uh, looking to kind of get the taste out of his mouth from that first outing that he had that didn't go so well when he allowed five goals in regulation on, I believe it was just 17 shots, lost 6-5 in a shootout to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, It would be hard to imagine him not having a better game than that first game. And thankfully, uh, that is exactly what happened. Um, And I've been saying this for a while. And it's probably not 100% fair, but I think big picture, I think it is accurate. I think it tells the story of Phoenix Copley. But I have said, if you've watched this show, if you're an everyday or you know, that I can't really remember a single save that Phoenix Copley made where you're like, oh man, what a huge save. What a big save in a key moment that was. He was one of those guys who he sees it, he stops it, makes the routine save, never going to do anything super duper spectacular, but solid and helps his team have a chance to win every night. Well, he had one of those saves in the game against the Coyotes on Tuesday, late in the game. Kings are up two goals and he found himself all alone with uh, Arizona's top goal scorer, Clayton Keller in front of him in the net and Copley absolutely stoned him. Big save in a big moment when Arizona could have made it a one goal game, grab some momentum and they still had plenty of time in the third to try and tie it up and who knows, send it to Overtime, a shootout, you never know what's going to happen. So never let it be said that Phoenix Copley did not have a big game-saving type of save. He absolutely had one uh, in the game Tuesday against Arizona. So props for Phoenix Copley. I can't say that anymore. Uh, Hopefully we see a few more of those, but I thought that was a a huge, huge save uh, in that moment for Phoenix Copley and good to see. Uh, He ended up allowing three goals on 27 shots. Um, Let's look specifically at the goals that he allowed Uh, First goal of the game early in the first period, Kings turned it over in their own zone, uh, pass into the high slot, shot on goal. Copley makes the first save, but then the Coyotes put back the rebound. Um, That one, me to more uh, to me, that's more of a team letting their goaltender down. Uh, Again, they turn it over, and then the coverage in front of the front of the net wasn't great. Matt Roy was there, couldn't tie up the Coyotes player, and he puts in the rebound. You could argue rebound control there, maybe. But to me, that one was more of a team goal than a goalie allowing the goal, so to speak. Uh, the second goal, almost the exact same thing. Kings lose a faceoff in the neutral zone. Uh, they enter the zone. They get a decent shot on net from a high slot. Another rebound put back. Trevor Moore could have done a better job of tying up the Coyotes player that was crashing the net. Again, very similar to the first goal. Again, you can talk about rebound control. But again, I thought more of Phoenix Copley's teammates not helping him out in that situation. Uh, The third goal was just terrific puck movement from the Coyotes on the power play. Uh, They were moving the puck back and forth. 
across the ice and Copley was sliding right to left, left to right. And by the time he was trying to track the puck moving from his left to right, and then the puck, the pass went back over to his left and he was trying to get over there, uh, sort of, uh, but they, the, the puck was scored easily. Now, the only thing I didn't really like about that goal was I thought Copley kind of gave up on it. Now, I don't think he was going to make the save regardless, but you always want to see your goaltender battling until the end, right? Jonathan Quick would have never done that. Um, he would have thrown his body to his left and flung out his arm and hoping to just get a tiny piece of it. And who knows, maybe you make a miracle save and deflect it away. Uh, Copley knew he wasn't going to get over, and but he didn't even really try. And the Coyotes player basically put it into a wide open net. So wasn't thrilled to see that. Like I said, even if he does make a desperate attempt to get over to his left, I don't think he's going to make that save. But at the same time, I didn't really rub me the right way as far as him not trying a desperation save uh, on that one. So the three goals allowed by Phoenix Copley, uh, I think two of them were a little bit more of him not getting support for his, from his teammates. And then the third one was just a terrific, terrific passing play on the power play by Arizona. Give them credit on that one. So no real soft goals allowed by Phoenix Copley. He had the one great save. He had a few nice saves, but the one on Clayton Keller was a huge save. I thought that was very impressive. So I think it was certainly a better game for Phoenix Copley. There's no doubt about that. Um, was it one of those games where he did enough for the team to win? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. He you know, did his job, stopped the pucks he needed to stop for the most part. And you know, if he's going to allow three goals a game, Kings, for the most part, I think will be in, in those games, right? Um, so enough for him to get the next start. I'm going to say yes, because of the circumstances, the Kings will play their first back-to-back games coming up this Friday and Saturday, uh, Friday, they have the rematch in Arizona against the Coyotes and then Saturday back home to take on the currently undefeated defending Stanley Cup champion at Vegas Golden Knights. So if I'm Todd McClellan, which I'm not, uh, I'm definitely starting Phoenix Copley on Friday and then going with Cam Talbot in net against uh, uh, Vegas on Saturday. I want Copley in, in the net against Vegas. Or excuse me. I want Talbot in the net against Vegas on Saturday. So I'm going to give Copley back-to-back starts against Arizona. Is that the way Todd McClellan is going to handle it? I don't know. Maybe he starts Talbot against Arizona and then Copley the next night against Vegas, wanting to give Copley a big test there. But for me, again, if I'm the head coach of the Kings, uh, it's going to be Copley again against Arizona on Friday. And then Saturday, I come back with Cam Talbot. We shall see how the LA Kings head coach will play that. So what is and what is not too much information. We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. I don't because I use Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I'm going on vacation to New York next month. Yes, I'm still doing the show, by the way. Uh, But I'm going to go see an NHL game at Madison Square Garden, the historic venue there, right? The Garden. Uh, And I use Game Time to buy my tickets. The app is very easy to navigate and use with killer last-minute deals, all uh, all in prices and their best guaranteed price. Uh, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. I love that you can see the view from your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, and expect when you arrive. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All in prices show you the total upfront so you know you're getting 
a great deal without any hidden fees. Buying tickets in seconds uh, with the two taps on the app. Just download that game time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On NHL. L O C K E D O N N H L for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The LA Kings play the Arizona Coyotes Friday Friday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. So watching the, the broadcast so far on Bally Sports West, uh, a couple of things I noticed, and, and one thing in particular about the broadcast on Tuesday against Arizona, but uh, the, the NHL is uh, kind of um, – promoting the fact that they have these new stats they're using now. They put um, like a chip in the jerseys. You can see them on the back. Uh, occasionally there's like a chip there and it tracks the player's movement and different things. And it's interesting. And I think some of it is useful, but some of it is just a little weird to me as well. Now, one thing that was useful, my wife was talking to me about it during the broadcast at the bottom of the screen They'll show the five players or the four players if it's a penalty kill who are on the ice and their ice time. And, uh, you know, you, you may know this, you may not, but generally speaking, uh, you know, the shorts, the, the shifts need to be shorter than longer. Uh, and you would want them to be less than a minute. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what the ideal shift would be because the circumstances surrounding it, are there a couple of different face-offs, things like that. But I would say around 30, 40 seconds typically what you would like to see in an average shift. Now, sometimes players get caught on the ice and they stay out there too long. Maybe it's by choice. Maybe it's not by choice. They get they get stuck in their own end, can't get to the long bench to get a change, and you will end up seeing it come in to be a factor. And it, it absolutely happened for the LA Kings in the game against Arizona. Uh, there was a shift where the guys were on the ice for almost two minutes, and you could totally see it coming. They were tired. They were not moving their legs. Arizona ended up, drawing a penalty uh, and getting a power play because of that. So I think that time on ice stat, real time, I think that's a useful uh, tool that you can see and use. Uh, and those things do add up as well over over a game. You know, if you take too many long shifts by the third period, maybe you're not quite as uh, energized as you, as you could be otherwise. So I like that. I like the, the time on ice shifts that we see. Uh, but some of those other stats, I don't really see the usefulness of. Uh you know, um, miles per hour on a shot. That's it's cool. That's cool knowledge to have. Do we really need to know though the total distance traveled in a game by a skater? Like Drew Doughty skated three miles in this game. I'm like, okay, um, interesting. But is it really useful? Is it uh, knowing? It's you know, is it, I don't really know how that's something that's all that useful to know. But it's almost like that. Hey, we've got these stats, so we we kind of have to show them. Uh, what what else? Uh, the fastest skater, the speed of the skaters. It's somewhat interesting to know that uh, Adrian Kempe or Kevin Biala skated twelve miles an hour or something like that. But you know, all that really matters to me as far as speed is: did you beat your opponent to the puck uh, to get a scoring opportunity? I don't really care how fast you went, but as long as you went faster than that other guy. Than, uh, than that. So some of these stats, I, I don't know. I'm not, some of them, I think they're just doing it just to do it, but some of them are, are kind of interesting as well. So I noticed that they did have a player mic'd up 
for the game on Tuesday against the Coyotes, Vladislav Gavrikov, the uh, Kings defenseman, had a mic on him. Now, if you watch a lot of sports like I do, you probably know most of the time when they mic up a player, it's not interesting. It's a lot of, uh, let's go, guys. Oh, that a boy. Good job. Hey, nice shot. Blah, blah, blah. It, it, there's never too much that's revealing. Um, and I have a dream that one day you could pay like a pay-per-view channel and have an all-access, unfiltered, mic'd-up player for an entire game. I think that would be absolutely fascinating. Um, and now the problem is what's in it for the player, right? I mean, they would have to be compensated some way to do this for you to hear unfiltered because, you know, trash talking, the things that are said, sometimes there's a lot of vulgar stuff that's actually said on the ice. Of course, we never hear any of that when the guys are mic'd up because they don't uh, they don't give us that. Um, but every once in a while, you'll find a, a video somewhere of uh, some uncensored um, athletes and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's not safe for work as they say. So I don't know if we'll ever see something like that, but to the point of, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, it really, to me revealed his personality. Now he wasn't like he said a lot of revealing things, but he talks a lot during a game and on the bench, he's a chatterbox. And I thought it was very funny and we really got a glimpse into his personality and uh, there were a couple of times he was talking to Mikey Anderson and Mikey Anderson just looked straight ahead and never even responded. So it's like Vlad just kind of talking to himself, but I don't think he minds that. I think he's okay. He just likes to hear himself talk. And then there was one time he's, he's chatting it up with Andre Kopitar and Kopi kind of ignores him. And then finally he kind of looks over at him and gives him a little head nod. So uh, that, that was cool. I hope we see more of that uh, kind of going forward just to get a glimpse of, of some of these players' personality. I now feel like I know Vladislav Gabrikov a little bit better. There's a guy who loves to chirp and loves to chat, not trash talk like Drew Doughty would be. Can you imagine Drew Doughty unfiltered, mic'd up for a game? That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see it, but that would be great. But it was cool to see Vladislav Gabrikov and a guy who loves to chat it up during the game. I love that he told Kevin Fiala, shoot the puck. We were talking about shot mentality. When your teammates are telling you, shoot the puck. And the coaches are telling you that that helps. That helps you to keep that in the forefront of your mind. So thought that was very cool. The mic'd up thing. Hopefully we see a little bit more of that going forward. And real quick, I, I just wanted to comment on the broadcast. Obviously, that was a big story in the offseason with Alex Faust being let go. The Kings now having the simulcast with Nick Nixon doing the play-by-play. Jim Fox doing, being the color analyst in the booth. And then you got Daryl Evans down on the ice. And for context, all three of those guys are friends of the show. They've been on the show. Oh, by the way, Jim Fox is going to be on the show tomorrow. Um, so we love those guys. But I just want to say, I think the broadcasts so far, the simulcasts, I think it's gone really well. I, I enjoy the call from Nick Nixon. I think they obviously have a lot of great chemistry. These guys have known each other for years and years and years. Jim Fox and Daryl Evans played with each other, and they've all had uh, dealings with each other. Good chemistry. I think the broadcast is going really, really well. I'm still not totally thrilled about the whole simulcast thing and how, what the kind of what that implies, I guess, a little bit. But the reality is, I think the broadcasts are in, in great hands, and I uh, love the the work that Nick and and Jim and Daryl are doing uh, so far this season. As my my light goes out for some reason, uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel. All right, so that's going to do it for today's show for you, everydayers. Those of you that listen and watch Locked On LA Kings every day, as I mentioned, scheduled to join us for tomorrow's show is Kings. TV analyst Jim Fox uh, going to talk about the Kings' latest win, talk about their big game coming up Saturday against Vegas and everything going on with the LA Kings so far on this season. Uh, looking forward to that. Of course, Friday, it's another 
fan feedback show. We'll also recap the second game against the Coyotes, preview again a little bit of the Vegas game, and then get your comments and your feedback and your questions on what's been going on with the LA Kings this past week. Stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. And the email address, if you want to send an email for the feedback show, Locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.